0: Hello and welcome back. Another edition of Coming Up Winners. I am your host, Jason McIntyre. Kind of still stung from a Super Bowl beating. Oh, the Rams killed me. I did win on some prop bets, but uh, the game was so bad that I just, it just felt like a loss. I'm, I'm missing football Already, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Andrew Lynch. Mr. Lynch was with me at uh, the Fox Digital Operation. What a Super Bowl party that was. You were one of the stars, Mr. That was, Lynch. Well, thank
1: you. Because of you, yeah. Um, that was incredibly fun. For those who might not have seen it, check out NFL on Fox Twitter or any of the social handles. TJ Hushmanzada was there with us. He won 15 grand uh, on his squares <laughs> contest, and it was great to watch him sweat that live and then celebrate when the Rams missed that late field goal. Speaking of sweating, though, I'm glad that to see you're no longer sweating after having to eat that world's spiciest chocolate oh, yeah. to pay off that your Rams bet. How was L- that? You know,
0: it, it, I mean, first of all, it, I think it's called the Carolina Reaper. Indeed. I do not recommend trying that. Uh, I believe I that's just... Steph
1: Curry's nickname as well. <laughs>
0: Ooh, I like that. Uh, it was It was brutal, but... Can we, we're just going to quickly touch on uh, the Super Bowl, do some NFL futures for next year, get into some NBA today, hit the trade deadline as we record this. Producer Conrad is sifting through Twitter in case big news breaks, and then we'll wrap up with a little college basketball. Um, but quickly, on the Super Bowl, Lynch, first of all, did you think it was boring as I did? I mean, I thought it was an awful, unwatchable Super Bowl, 3 nothing at halftime. We did give out... For the uh, on the podcast last week, the full game under, I believe it was 57. Uh, we gave out the first half under I think two weeks ago at 28, 27 and a half. those were no sweats, but the game
1: itself was just brutal. I, this is the last time I will shout us out because I legitimately enjoyed it so much. If it weren't for that Fox Sports Super Bowl party, that would have been the worst Super Bowl I have ever no. watched. I I understand those people who are saying, "Oh, it was a chess match," and "Oh, no. you know, it's defensive showing." I just thought it was an it was a it was like a preseason football game. Mm-hmm. I was watching a preseason football game to determine the champion of the 2018 NFL season. Did
0: it kind of feel like? Everything from the game flew in the face of what we saw during the NFL season. Teams going on fourth downs, teams being aggressive. I mean, there was one play run in the red zone the entire game.
1: Yeah, uh, Sean McVay channeled his inner Andy Reid mm. in that game. I, you know, there's been a lot of analysis about how that game went down. We don't need to rehash it here, but the one that really stuck out to me. And my apologies to the the writer who pointed this out that I I don't have your name in front of me. Um, but it's was talking about how the Patriots were a top five defense against 11 personnel mm. this year and bottom five against 12 personnel. And the Rams, who ran the most 11 personnel of any team this season, were actually far more efficient out of 12 personnel with two tight ends, especially when they kept them in to block and gave Jared Goff time. Mm. But the Rams didn't make yeah. that adjustment until halfway through the third quarter. Ugh. And they, by that point, the game was over. Yeah, the writer's Warren Sharp. Thank you. Uh, very intelligent guy. I've had him on my radio
0: show and he, you're right. As soon as they went to it in the third quarter, one of the first plays was when Cooks streaked open down the middle. Goff had him in the end zone. He put his hand up at the 10-yard line. Goff is, I don't know what he's looking at. And then he waits. And, of course, McCourty makes the great play. Um, I won't get too angry about the phantom hold on that Todd Gurley run in the fourth quarter. Well, Conrad, why are you laughing? Okay, <laughs> listen, it's a 3-3 game. Gurley breaks off a 14-yard carry into Patriots territory, and then the flag comes up. And even Tony Romo on the broadcast is like, oh, man, I don't know about that call. You can see someone rolling into the legs of the defender, and he just kind of falls over, and the ref assumed it was a hold. That killed the momentum. And I know you're going to laugh, Conrad, but if you look at, like, the seven plays after that, it was Goff takes a sack, uh, incomplete pass, Todd Gurley draw, Punt, and then the Patriots went boom, 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 touchdown. It was the game right there in like a five-minute span. And um, I don't know. I, whatever. The Rams suck. Uh, all right, Lynch, let's move on to 2019 NFL Futures. We, uh, we got a couple teams we like, uh, some actionable plays you can make now before the free agent tsunami hits, before the NFL draft, that I think you could find some value. Lynch, I'll let you start us off. What do you got?
1: Well, I want to start off with a stat, courtesy of the Action Network, and this is so fascinating to me. We talk about trends so often and how so few of them are actually relevant, but this one is huge because it's a decent-sized sample size, um, and it's just something that carries over from year to year. So since 1986, which is as far back as the Football Outsiders DVOA database goes, 30 of the past 32 Super Bowl winners were in the top... 13 in overall DVOA the season before they won the Super Bowl. And 30 of the 32 past Super Bowl winners were top seven in at least one facet of the game, be it offense, defense, or special teams. Very few qualified as being top seven in the special teams, mostly offense and defense. Yeah. But we want to include it as Ooh, well. So so we're going to winnow it down now, right? So 30 of the past
0: 32 were top 13. Do you want to just name the top 13 and we'll go
1: from there? Or how? Um, Well, real quick, I do want to point out the outliers because I think the outliers makes the trend stand out even more. Those outliers are the 1999 uh, Rams who acquired Marshall Falk and made Kurt Warner the starting quarterback. Greatest show on
0: turf. Yep, and then yep. the
1: 2001 Patriots who, you know, added a certain quarterback who just keeps winning championships that season. So when you add those two outliers, I think it makes even more sense. And so according to the Action Network, there are 11 teams that make the cut that were either that were both top 13 in overall DVOA and top seven in one facet of the game. Seven of them are in the AFC. Four of them are in the NFC. Those AFC teams are the Patriots, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Broncos, and the Texans. Yeah, DVOA
0: loved the Broncos. Remember we had a run giving out winners with them and then fading
1: them. And you are getting about, let me see, it was 60 to 1. Sorry, you're getting 100 to 1 on the Broncos right now. I don't like that bet. But that's a lot of value. I will okay. say, is there a scenario
0: where they get a quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, Joe Flacco, ride the defense,
1: um, ride a coaching change? You know, that's yeah. maybe their Bears. Like, listen, I think the Broncos as good as they were this year, at least on a on a per play basis. They didn't necessarily see it in the win loss column. I think they're going to be better next year, but they're huh. not Super Bowl. That's interesting. The quarterback is interesting,
0: and they have a big home field advantage. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Are you willing to put some shekels on the Broncos? What a hundred
1: to one. Uh, I am not, but I do think that's, listen, if you're a, if you're a Denver believer, I think that's solid yeah. value for you. Yeah, i hey, just listen, not. If
0: you've got some pocket change, you don't want to go to Starbucks twice, throw 10 bucks on the Broncos, hundred to one. I don't think
1: it's the worst bet in the world. Okay. And then the four NFC teams, and these all make sense. The Rams, the saints, the bears and the Vikings interesting I'm staying in the AFC I will say the the bet that I like the most as a futures bet and we talked about this last week when I was only getting 20 to 1 at Bovada I'm getting 30 to 1 on the Ravens and I get the Lamar Jackson skepticism I really do especially the way that he played toward the end of the season and when the Chargers you know were able to play him a second time and the tape that they had on him but I think I mean, he threw the ball decently when he dropped back and passed. Mm-hmm. So the Ravens were top 10 in yards per attempt. I have a lot of faith in that Baltimore defense. Uh, I, I really like the Ravens at 30 to 1. Okay. That's,
0: uh, I, don't, I, I guess the, the sour taste left in my mouth from that playoff loss. And maybe the defensive coordinators around the league will watch tape of that and be like, oh, here's how we contain Lamar. Um, I, I, I don't hate that. Folks, I'm not. I know I'm a Jets homer, oh but at sixty-six to one, oh let me build it, Lynch. Let me build the case. Okay, this is great because you just said thirty of the past thirty-two Super Bowl winners were top seven in one category: offense, defense, special teams. Well, Mister Lynch, do you want to take a guess who was number one DVOA special teams? The team
1: that had to cover for Sam Darnold. <laughs>
0: Yes, it was the New York Jets. They had a great kicker. Kick returner was phenomenal. Okay, let me. Where were
1: hit. they in overall DVOA? Uh, I don't have that. Twenty
0: fifth. Twenty fifth. Okay, fair. Fair enough. Now let me. Uh, so let me move to this next category. Do you remember Carson Wentz's rookie year? Eagles were up and down. Something like seven and nine. They made some big free agent moves. They won the Super Bowl the next year after Carson Wentz's second year. Now he was hurt. But why can't Sam Darnold, with some free agent moves, let's say they add Le'Veon Bell, a couple offensive linemen, a pass rusher, why can't they make a big leap? Now, they're in the division with the Dolphins, who are a dumpster fire, and the Bills, who are not very good. It would help if Tom Brady retired, obviously. But I'm telling you, that AFC, I, I don't see why the Jets, with the right moves at the draft, they got a top five pick, could be trading down to get more if somebody wants to move up. I don't know. I, I, I'm being a little bit of a homer, but... 66 to 1. I don't hate it. I've already invested a little bit. I got 80 to 1. Now it's 66. I will probably get 100
1: to 1 at Bovada. And again, we say it all the time, shop around. But here's the thing. Well, let's bring this back. If I'm getting 100 to 1 on the Jets, I mean, I'll take the 100 to 1 on the Broncos. Broncos 100 no. times now, out of 100. Now the Broncos are in a tougher division,
0: right? Uh with the Chiefs, the Chiefs yeah. and the Chargers. Yeah. No, the Jets the, only for have sure. to contend really with the Patriots and a forty-two-year-old yeah, Tom Brady. Um since you started, I'll do 2, then you do 1. Houston Texans, 25 to 1. This is a good team. Will Fuller was injured when they were had Will Fuller. They were really good. Now the offensive line has to be the primary focus. The defense, you know, they got the clowny issue. They have the Watt uh, situation. They need a secondary and an offensive line, but I'm a big Deshaun Watson believer. Uh, I don't like Bill O'Brien, as we've well chronicled on this podcast. But at 25 to 1, let me just check and see. I believe DVOA defense. Uh, Houston Texans, number seven. Uh, So they qualify uh, in the formula. 30 of the last 32 were...
1: Top yep. thirteen overall, or top seven in one category. Eleventh overall, and eleventh uh, in overall DVOA, and fifth also in special teams rankings. So they were they were a solid team. Listen, you're getting forty to one on the Texans at uh, at Bovada. I'm going to yeah. I'm go- yeah, i to the wrong well, shot, that, and uh, that's the thing. Like you know, you can always we talk about it all the time. I just said it. Shop around, Bovada. Right now, you're getting shorter money on teams like the Patriots and the Chargers, the Rams, the Chiefs. Those those clear Super Bowl contenders. Which means you're getting a little bit of a longer price uh, on some of these underdogs, whereas at the Westgate you're seeing a little bit more clumping where those those top teams are a little bit of longer odds, but you're getting shorter odds on the underdogs. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see how these sports books weigh these different. Uh, we should
0: these- add the different sports books have different limits uh, on what you can do on a futures bet. I don't think you can put a thousand uh, dollars on some on some team right now, but I, I don't I don't know for sure. We'd
2: have to check. And one thing I have on the Houston Texans, because I do like them at 40 to 1. So as of right now, they're seventh in cap space, too. At $62 million in the bank. Mm. Able to spend this offseason. They are losing Kareem Jackson, who is their starting corner, and Tyron Matthews, he, a free agent. He was bad. Yeah, I think Kareem Jackson is going to probably be gone, but they need to re sign Tyron Matthew. He was actually pivotal to that defense this year. And then Clowney. They have to figure out what they're going to do with
0: him. Yeah. They probably tag him, right? I'm assuming so. I don't think you can
2: let
1: him go. No, you can't. And now, real quick, Chris Raybon at at the Action Network, who is the author who came up with these 11 teams that qualify for that 30 of 32 uh, parameter, he also did some a real deep dive here where he took those 30 Super Bowl winners and he looked at the different weights for their offense, defense, how those things kind of stacked up to make them Super Bowl contenders. And based on those those weighted probabilities, he has the Texans as the third most valuable team if you're getting that plus 4,000 mm. uh, behind the Ravens and then my second pick, the Los Angeles Chargers. I will continue I will continue to ride this bandwagon. Even knowing Phillip Rivers is going to be a year older, really love that Chargers defense. I liked what I saw out of the coaching staff this year. Uh, Special teams could definitely use some improvement, but I I still like this Chargers team. You're getting about—it's funny. Bovada, about 8-1. to Uh, at the Westgate this morning, you're still getting 14 to 1 on the Chargers. If memory serves, they have
0: had just injuries every year. I think they lost a cornerback. They lost their tight end early in the season, maybe even in the preseason. They've got to stay healthy. Uh, but again, that, yeah, Chargers is not a bad idea. Melvin Gordon, love him. Keenan Allen, big fan of his work. So I think that's a smart one. My final one, it was a toss up. I like the Colts a lot, right? They have a ton of cap room, love luck. Big fan of Frank Reich, but I actually believe, and we beat up on him plenty, but also ridden him, Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. Lynch is, you know, driving the Baker Mayfield bus. I'm seeing 22-1 to 1 at Vegas Insider. You, as Lynch has been saying, shop around. Uh, Conrad is an Ohio guy. I know he's going to love this. I'm telling you, the Browns look good in the second half of the season. This is a team with the right draft picks, with the right free agent moves uh i i like what i saw you know i didn't hate what they they brought in the the tampa bay bucks offensive coordinator monk and he's a sharp guy i think that division now you mentioned the ravens pittsburgh's falling right no antonio brown probably definitely no Le'Veon on bell bengals
1: can't get out of their own way i i don't think the browns are a bad idea i want to hedge this a little bit because the browns very clearly don't fall into this category the- of you know teams that in this trend that teams that should win the Super Bowl the next year. But I really, really like the Browns, and they're the team that I'm going to be keeping the closest eye on this offseason. Okay, I mean, y- y- you're essentially wagering that they're going to have an outstanding offseason yeah. and buttress this pretty killer defense and give Baker Mayfield some mm-hmm. more weapons and a little more protection. And I I don't hate that as a bet. So just to put a cap on it, you said top 13 DVOA Guess where the Browns came in?
0: Checking in and uh, weighted DVOA number twelve uh, overall. They were twelve defensively, seventeenth on offense. Now the special teams thirtieth. A bit, and of and that's nightmare. a
1: really salient point. You know, this is overall DVOA, but the Browns were such a different team after yeah. you know after week six this year. So I I think that's a really smart point to make that when you look at the weighted DVOA, they do almost they would qualify by weighted DVOA. I think the big thing too about the Browns
2: too, and we're going to mention it. They have two guys on that team that are legitimate stars as far as people that would want to play with, with Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry is tight with all the position players. I mean, you see him on Le'Veon Bell's feed. You see him on with Antonio Brown. He's out there recruiting guys, and it seems like guys might actually want to come to Cleveland for once to play. And he
1: might be the most underrated skill player in the NFL right now just because so many people, myself included, are giving Baker so much of the credit. But, yeah. I mean, Baker's not Baker without Jarvis Landry. And not to mention...
2: They have the third most cap space left too. They can sign New free Flandry. agents. Yeah,
0: they're going to be in play. A lot. Of, listen, I know the NBA uh, trade deadline's exciting, but
1: folks, football is where we butter our bread. Okay? Did you hear that Lonzo Ball is better than LeBron James? I,
0: I did. I was. I'm now aware of that. Thank you, Mr. Lynch. But uh, folks. Keep an eye closely, and we will be doing it on this podcast, free agency in the draft. Your fortunes in the NFL can change. Again, not many people made a huge deal out of Pat Mahomes, 10th, what, uh, two or three years ago in the draft. And boom, he's on the cusp of a Super Bowl if D. Ford doesn't jump offside in year
2: two. And speaking of that, they're plus 800 if anyone wants to pull a little money on that. No. I don't think that's bad outs at all, honestly.
0: Yeah, I would probably wait for them to go like two and four to start. Uh, and I don't then, think that's happening. Yeah, I know, <laughs> that's a problem. All right, so we, we just put a bow on the NFL season. Some futures, uh, potential winners for you. Lynch likes the Ravens. Conrad and I are in on the Browns. I also like the Jets. Lynch is all in on the Chargers. I just want to quickly, I know people are going to talk up the Bears and their comparison to the Rams, right? Year two with Goff, after losing year one in the playoffs uh, with the new coach, I know Golf was a third-year quarterback. Player. And
1: as the only person I know who predicted the Bears would make the playoffs mm. in 2018, you clearly are going to continue I, yeah. to ride them, right? And then right? I put those dopes in the Super Bowl uh, for Fox, and I'm not.
0: I have not stopped hearing about that. Hey, how about that Bears Raven Super Bowl McIntyre? Uh, would have been better
1: than the one we got.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, But I'll say this. I don't like the Bears at 14-1 Lynch. Um, They lost their defensive coordinator, who was tremendous. Their schedule is brutal. First place schedule, that division. Aaron Rodgers got a new coach. (coughs) The Minnesota Vikings are going to definitely be back. Um, And believe it or not, I think the Lions are going to be kind of good next year. Um, I know it was ugly in year one. They had a lot of injuries second half of the season. Like, we were betting on them closely and against them. So we saw, oh, on Johnson makes a huge difference. Um, Folks, I don't think the Lions are going to be great, but they're not going to be a 4-5 or win team next year. They're close to 500. So there you have it. The NFL season, it's done. So we've been talking about the NBA, Lynch and I, for a while. Lynch is a sneakerhead uh, i don't know if you want to put start putting out photos on your instagram of your collection
1: got my hornets uh, uh jordan one colorway on this morning those are
0: pretty badass um and he loves the nba remember lynch what a couple years ago didn't you bet on every no that was the no, nfl, that was NFL. Yeah.
1: but no i let's real quick i i've mostly gambled on the nfl in years past um gambling on the nba is just super tough and we're Brutal. gonna i'm gonna do my best to kind of hold your feet to the fire here because I just, as a value better, I find so few day-to-day bets that make sense in the NBA. That said, I like as much as I love the NFL, I am an NBA person through and through. It has been my favorite sport since I was five years old. I used to write about the NBA here for Fox Sports. Um, I've been to multiple finals as a reporter. The NBA, as, Again, as much as I love the NFL, the NBA is my baby. So yeah. it's I'm very happy to be making this pivot a little bit.
0: The NBA is in a weird place, Lynch. Uh, people don't care about the games, the regular season. It's just all about free agency and how many draft picks you can accumulate. People care more about the process than the actual results. Uh, as such, it's trade deadline day. A lot of stuff's going down. Uh, Mark Gasol apparently just got traded to the Raptors. We don't know who for, uh, but he's headed. We do. To, we do. Valentunas. Valentunas and a couple other players. Yeah. <laughs> no Siakam. No. So they couldn't get anybody for. Oh my gosh. But that listen, and Kevin Durant went on a bit of a rant last night about it. Lynch, can I ask quickly your thoughts on the Durant rant? I know it's not specifically gambling.
1: Yeah, listen. I I think KD is probably more right here than he is yeah. wrong. I just don't think it's something you should say out loud. <laughs> I, I that is where I stand. I listen. I as a former reporter, I was never a beat reporter, but I I saw a, a friend of mine who is a beat reporter for the Celtics today. He made the point that like being a beat reporter is one of the worst parts of the job for the athletes and for for even beat reporters. They'll admit that like they have to ask questions that no one would want to answer. Um, that said, I, you just, you have to play the game. I think if you're KD, I, I do respect that. If he truly feels this way, he said it. I just don't think it's smart to put that out there. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I believe he's in a no
0: win situation, right? If he says nothing, Oh, it's a sign. He wants out. It's gotta be the Knicks. And then if he says anything, every word is going to be broken down in granular fashion, looking for a clue, a breadcrumb trail to find out where he's and going. And see,
1: this is where I like my advice to KD: lie. Just say, yeah, I'm going to be yeah, back in Golden then they State throw next it year. Back in your Who cares? Face. Just and if they throw it back in your face, come July, I'd be like, yeah, I lied to you guys to get you to shut up. <laughs> Listen, if, he, if he really cared, he would sign the
2: contract and he would stay in Golden State.
0: No, well, that behooves him, does he? Can't he? Shouldn't he see what's
2: on the market, money wise? Yeah, but he knows he knows the market. He is the market. He's going to get max wherever he goes. He knows how much money he's going to make. It's just picking where he wants to play.
0: Yeah, I, I, that that's a fair point. I mean, I just. He, he's a free agent. Let him see what's on the landscape. I mean, how's Draymond Green going to act in the playoffs? You know, uh, is there a team out there that's going to want him as bad as the Warriors wanted him after they lost to the Cavs? Remember, they were recruiting him most of that season. And when it was Kevin Durant recruitment time, all four of the big guys on the Warriors flew to the Hamptons to recruit him. Russell Westbrook didn't fly there to recruit him. You know, like, I don't know. I, but back to gambling. I do believe there's a lot of value to be had when you're fading teams that are tanking. And uh, I'm going to give you a team right now. We know they're tanking. Of course, I don't want to act like I've got too much inside info, but I gave you the Dennis Smith stuff a while back. It came to fruition. They didn't like Dennis Smith. They traded him. I'm telling you, the Dallas Mavericks will be aggressively tanking the rest of the season. They want slash need To keep that draft pick, Uh, I believe it's top five protected, right? Otherwise, they lose it in in a recent trade they made. They're going to be sitting Luka Doncic some. Oh, he's got some tendonitis. He's still rookie of the year, doesn't matter. They're not going to force back Porzingis, okay? I know it's disrespectful to Dirk because this might be his swan song, but whatever. Uh, They just shipped out Harrison Barnes. Dallas will be tanking. There will be value going against the Mavericks when they're suiting up Dwight Powell and a bunch of D-leaguers. We know the Knicks are tanking as hard as anybody. They want Zion Williamson. The Cavaliers, have you noticed the Cavs the last couple days?
1: I've gone out of my way not to notice the Cavaliers (laughs) this season. I mean,
0: they're trading anybody with a pulse on that roster. They want to accumulate as many picks as possible. They want. Zion Williamson. I mean, the Memphis Grizzlies just shipped Gasol out of town. Okay, Conley's probably next maybe to the Utah Jazz. The Suns, they want nothing to do with winning. Zion is a lottery ticket. Lynch, you know this is a guy who is going to put butts in the seats from day one. We talked about Lonzo a couple years ago being a big guy that people want to come out and see because he's got fans. Dude, Zion Williamson is a much bigger deal right now than Lonzo Ball was during his time at UCLA. It's not even close. So I would, if I'm looking for value every night, I would look to fade the
1: hardcore tanking teams. One more team that I would add to that list, the Washington Wizards. Oh, goodness. They have the worst record against the spread so far this season in the NBA. Wow. Um, the, the Knicks are right there, obviously. The Suns are right there. Second worst record, tied for second worst record against the spread, excuse me, the Los Angeles Lakers. No,
0: yeah. Well, everybody's just betting LeBron, right? Um, I don't know. Do you think they're going to turn? LeBron's going to be able to get to the playoffs? Is there value in? Like I you think
2: said, that is fading?
1: entirely up to LeBron James.
2: I think it, when you guys talk about the possibility of, I know we talked before the show about Anthony Davis sitting if he doesn't get traded. at yeah. you know, the organization. After seeing what happened against the Pacers, there is no way mentally this team is going to be able to rebound if all these young core are still there once the trade deadline ends. Because they,
0: you think they think they're gone. Oh, well I in mean, the if, summer. If, if, but if Le- on the on the opposite side, isn't that an opportunity for Kuzma and Ingham to be like, "Yo, wherever I go, look what I can do." No, I I agree, but I think that at the same time, I
2: think they know what happens with LeBron. LeBron doesn't want a bunch of young pups around. Yeah. He wants he wants stars, and these pups aren't going to be able to bring what he wants, even mm. make the playoffs. They're As a reminder, the <laughs>
0: Lakers were fourth in the West on Christmas night when they beat the Warriors. Then the injuries hit. That night, LeBron got hurt. I believe Rondo got hurt the next game. Then Lonzo got hurt, and they'd fallen apart. This was a team that could have probably gone to the Western Conference Finals, I thought, with a healthy LeBron and Cass, but nobody can stay healthy. Uh, and now it's like the Warriors and the Nuggets running away. Lynch, the other team, I- I'm telling you, I went on Lock It In um, Wednesday, Gave out the Bucs and Warriors as huge chalky favorites. I mean, the Bucks won by twenty. The Warriors won by I think thirty nine.
1: Yeah. Bucks uh, just picked up Nikola Mirotic, which I think is a huge acquisition That's for them. That's a solid top I, seven. I listen. Eight. I I was uh, very happy with. I've got the Bucs at pl- about plus nine hundred, if I recall correctly, to win the East preseason. Really loving that bet right That's now. Great. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're cu- they're they have the second best record against the spread this NBA season. First, oddly enough, is the Dallas Mavericks. I was really, really happy with this Bucks wager that I've gotten that Miritich trade. And then this Marcus Gasol news hits and that's, that's going to be huge for Toronto. Um, yeah, that's it. And I just circling back real quick. The fact that the Mavericks have the best record against the spread to this point in the season actually makes me think that you're even more correct in fading them because I think they're probably going to be a little overvalued given their results to this point. And then when you combine that with say, maybe some tactical changes, I think that's solid. And I think, more than anything you know I've said it again I've said it time and time again gambling on the NBA is so very yeah. difficult but I think approaching it the way that you are is smart after the trade deadline don't look for teams that you want to bet on look for teams that you want to bet against and make those plays that makes a lot more sense to me honestly yeah. because there's so much variance in the NBA for for good teams you know you're you're not rested. You are rested. You have a bad matchup. Some guy gets into early foul trouble. Those things can disrupt a good team. But bad teams are just going to be bad.
0: Yeah, going to be bad. No doubt about it. And and uh, one other thing I just remember with the Lakers looking at their schedule. So the NBA wants to back end all the TV games for the good teams after football season. They want those Thursday night marquee games. They, they, they want those LeBron in primetime Saturday night. Did you see, by the way, LeBron sat out the Warriors game? I didn't watch a second of that. So when you look at that Lakers schedule, okay? Uh folks, it is ugly. They have a ton of TV games at the back end of the season. If LeBron's not into it, uh you know, oh my god. This is almost like they twice a week they're going to be on national television. They're on tonight against the Celtics. They're on Sunday ABC game next week Houston TNT. The wear and tear on the Lakers, that travel situation, I, I, Lynch, you might be onto something. I think or maybe it was conrad that made that point but either way fading the lakers who i think you said had our worst against the spread this year 23 29 and 2 i oh and i like the lakers and i was high on them in the offseason but woof, this got ugly quickly
1: and interestingly they're 13-13 and 13 against the spread on the road, 10-16-2 at home. So they're probably getting a little too much credit at home yep. where they're probably not getting quite the home court advantage. So that's yep. even maybe a more specific way to fade them. And five of their next six are on the road
2: too. And oh. I, I, I know I, I mentioned to you guys too about how it goes with LeVar Ball being on Undisputed today and talking a lot of nonsense out there and how you probably shouldn't listen to it. How can Lonzo Ball walk yeah. into that locker room after his dad proclaims him being better than LeBron?
0: I don't think he's good.
2: Yeah, In he's big probably. baller
1: brand shoes, yeah, that's yeah. how. And then you call the
2: coach <laughs> and everything. I, I'm telling you, with five of the next six games on the road, I would look at the Lakers as being someone to bet against. Bet I mean, against, yeah. the, the Celtics tonight are nine-point
0: favorites against a LeBron James Lakers squad. Low. Uh, now you got to see who's playing for the Celtics, but uh, the two futures bets I have left, I have Bucks to win it all plus twenty five hundred. So there's, that's a nice little payday coming if they can pull it off. I don't think they beat the Warriors, and then Donovan Mitchell as the MVP. I don't think that has a shot unless they win like 30 games in a row. But we remember, we, I think we talked about this on uh, the podcast in the preseason. If you want to go look in iTunes, remember, iTunes, give us a five-star review, comment as always. Uh, but we, we did do an NBA preseason preview. Maybe we'll listen to that and see how we did uh, next week. Uh, All right, so that'll do it for the NBA. Finally, we want to wrap up with some college basketball. Now, Lynch is not a huge college hoops guy. Do you get into March Madness? Oh, yeah. I mean,
1: listen, if you have a pulse and you're a sports fan, you've got to get into March Madness.
0: There's nothing better than that. Now, uh, we've been talking with Conrad how we want to uh, do the podcast in March. Folks, we could go heavy. There could be a week where we do two or three podcasts uh, related to March Madness. Uh, The brackets obviously come out in about a month on a Sunday and I, I'm, I love brackets. I, you know, I was just talking to our Fox Digital team. I was like, hey, are you guys interested in a NBA mock draft? Because I'm watching these college guys nightly. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Who's your number one pick? You know, I was R.J. Barrett all along, but I, I do think now Zion has to be the guy. That's with the correct seeing, answer. <laughs> with what you're seeing. Zion's been tremendous. Duke, uh, boy, had a rough Duke beat. Folks, I have been betting against Duke a little bit. They were because they're not taking Boston College in these teams. I was going to say I
2: was on the opposite end of that. You had Duke. Oh
0: (laughs) oh my! So Boston College goes into Duke. Boston College not going to sniff March Madness. They were up two at halftime in Cameron, and then of course Duke pours it on. You knew they would. Still, they were within the number for at least thirty-seven minutes, thirty-eight minutes, and then some guy comes off the bench and he like chucks up. Did you see that shot from the corner? I'm in a restaurant with the wife and kids. And the Duke game is like in the distant corner, and I'm like acting like I'm listening to my wife and kids. She's, how, she's not how often does gambling.
1: Too been- often,
0: <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, you know, I try to look for restaurants without TVs. Now, is she just
1: okay with it at this point? Like, I does think she, she just know? Gets it.
0: And I see this. I'm assuming he's a scrub on the bench, Conrad. I, I didn't see who it was. But he like flings it from the corner. Like Almost an over-the-back shot, uh, and it goes in, and of course they're up 25, and I'm pounding the table like, give me a break here. Boston College comes down two open threes. Duke's like, oh, we'll give you shots, you know, whatever. They miss them both, and and I lost by one, whatever, at least the under hit comfortably. But college basketball can be difficult. Now, Conrad, you uh, you've lost two kind of brutal ones, and I think it's—I'm not saying your losses are going to lead to a rule change, but— Lynch,
2: contain the laughter. But this is a real thing. It's it's on the horizon. I mean, I I know it's conspiracy theory, and I know it's not real. But at the same time, it's just coincidence that Roger Ayers, who is one of the head referees in both the games that I lost on awful bad beats this week, which technically one of them wasn't because it was a nine-point swing in overtime. But the first game was Oklahoma-Iowa State. I had Iowa State minus two and a half. Oklahoma releases a three as time expires, down four, and he hits it. All right, ball still in his hand, clearly. And I'm like, okay, obviously they're going to review it. That's just how my brain works. And they're like, no, game's over. That's it. Okay, whatever, that's a bad beat. Last night, Villanova going against Creighton. Goes to overtime, great game. Villanova's never covering the entire time. They're covering at the end. Same thing happens. Creighton hits a three as the buzzer expires. Ball on the hand. They got to make a rule about it, and then the NCAA came out today. And they showed the rules. They said, in tournament time? Those will be reviewed because, obviously, people will lose a ton of money on those games because every game is bet on in March.
0: Yeah, I, I think this is certainly an issue that uh, is, is going to be a factor. The Oklahoma-Iowa State game, I was on the winning side in that one. Total luck box. Uh, but it's funny. In the NBA, at the end of games, nobody wants to shoot because it hurts your field goal percentage uh, where there are incentives tied to that. You don't want the turnover. Um
1: In college basketball, where you're already shooting twenty percent, so it's not going to matter.
0: Exactly, Uh, they're just letting it fly, and the refs are not stepping in. I I, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting. And and Vegas, listen, uh, they're always close to the often close to the number.
2: Uh, Go ahead. I'm telling you, there is no sweat like the final two minutes of any college basketball game because you have no clue what the hell these college players are thinking. A lot of bad
0: free throw shooting.
2: I mean, we've lost on. alley oops! That should have went in off the backboard for for uh, Ali passes, and then it what turns into a three. That, I that was uh, it was LSU against. somebody. Oh, don't remind me. Yeah, yeah. listen, those you
1: just asked be- him to remind <laughs> you. <That's> right, <laughs> that's right.
0: That's right. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, listen, I will say this: uh, sometimes you get lucky, and in college basketball, if and not to give too much credit to the Action Network, but they do have the uh, public bet split. So I'm going on lock it in uh, Wednesday. And I see this weird, all the public is all over UMass at home. And I'm like, okay, but all the money was coming in on Fordham and the line was going down. So I go to Ken Palm. I look at Fordham. I'm like, they haven't won this calendar year. What, what's going on? It was, something was up. And then I start Googling around. And, of course, one of their best players was hurt. But nobody knows this. It's friggin' UMass. Who cares? And they had two other guys who were hurt. They may sit out. I'm like, I, I'm just going to go with Fordham. And I think it closed at five, and they won by like 17. And if, I mean, this is where you got to go, folks. You can't look at, oh, Duke, North Carolina, where's the value? Like, no. you're not going to find it there. This is like, it's just like in the NFL where we've seen, like, oh, Dolphins versus the Lions. Wait, it's like, wait, 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 what's going on there? People aren't as focused. They like the primetime games. College basketball, take your time, look for value. There's a ton of value out there
2: if you actually really dive into it. I mean, last night, I had my biggest college basketball bet of the season where Maryland was a two-and-a-half-point dog going into Nebraska. They were getting two-and-a-half points. They were ranked. Nebraska had lost like five or six games, yeah. and they weren't close. Maryland won by 15. Uh, Maryland, I
0: mean, by the way, Maryland has a pro, that guy Bruno. Oh, man. Have you seen that 13 guy? 13 and 17 last night. 17? 17 boards. Hey, he's a nasty player. He was Let me just up. quickly, before we wrap up the podcast, let's just see for fun if there's anything tonight that jumps out. Okay, here we go. Fairley Dickinson University, okay? Plus. My three. alma mater. Get out of here. No, man. I would tear it They're Arizona. in Jersey. Come on. <laughs> they're playing uh, SCH. I-, I don't know what SCH is. I'm sorry. Is that bad? What is it? Uh, I- St. Pete. No, they're no, the
1: Sacred be- Heart pioneers, my friend. How dare you? Is that right? Sacred yeah, Heart? Absolutely. Oh, nicely done. Okay. I wouldn't lie to you. So,
0: Fairley Dickinson getting 68% of the bets, 82% of the money is on Sacred Heart. Okay, does somebody know something? This has gone from plus three Fairleigh Dickinson to minus four. That's a seven-point swing. Somebody knows something. Now, maybe relate. Here's another one. UNC Greensboro, favored by seven and a half. 61% of the bets. 72% of the money is on Samford? Gosh, I'm embarrassed. This is embarrassing. People are going to kill me for that. But I'm telling you, folks, this is where you can you use this as a guide. Lynch has talked about this. Listen to the man, Okay. Use this as a guide, then do your own research. Maybe there's an injury, uh, there's turmoil in the locker room. You got to dig deep and you got to spend time on it. I mean, I probably spent 45 minutes yesterday researching Fordham UMass, and don't think this is wasted time. Now, I mean, Again, do you want to be a successful gambler? you got to pet spend the time. You can't just look for five minutes at oh, Penn State, Ohio State, da, 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 boom, let me
1: fire away. That's how you lose money. Yeah, uh, and that, that reinforces the point I wanted to make when you mentioned the Action Network. I'm a huge proponent of the Action Network. I know we shout them out a lot. To me— They're not an advertiser here. Not at all. Yet. Not at all. Maybe it's just a product that run. that I really, really enjoy and a, and, a, and a content website that I really enjoy. Here's the thing there is nothing new under the sun there is no new analysis there's no new information That's why when Kevin Durant has a quote we see 20 different headlines that all say the same thing there's there's so much information out there that it's really hard to have a novel approach to things So your job as a gambler is to sift through the information, find what's valuable, find what makes sense to you and your process and and put that into action and pun I guess intended uh, the Action Network, offers me a lot of information that really helps make me a better gambler so that's why i use them so often
0: and and let me do let me also add to that this isn't the uh only place to go there are other shops that show the breakdown uh i don't think you have to pay for all of them but uh you know just look around spend some time looking and by the way don't ask us hey where do you gamble Uh, what websites do you gamble with online? I'm not going to come out and tell you. I don't know if you're uh, working for the IRS. I'm not trying to get in trouble. I'm saying there's plenty of reputable sites out there, folks, that you can go to uh, and and make your wagers.
2: Oh, yeah. If you want to get juice on something, there's always a way to get some juice on something. I mean, that's for sure. But real quick, I don't know if you have any yourself, but I pulled two uh, futures for the national championship this year. Yes, fire. So first one, Gonzaga. Gonzaga plus 1,000 right now. They're going to be a one seed. I don't see them losing the rest of this year as far as, like, in the regular season. In. They'll be a one seed. Gonzaga is a legitimate contender now, especially having Hachimura and in Clark. Both of yeah. them are NBA prospects at Gonzaga. They're both studs, plus 1,000. That's 10 to 1 yeah. odds. Well, I think
0: last year the kid Tilly got hurt, and they got smoked, I think, by Florida State. Because uh, I had money on them, and I remember they got their butts beat in. Oh, my gosh. They won like 18 in a row. This team has at least two pros. Uh, let me see what Tilly's shooting from three. The big seven footer. He can he can stroke it. He's uh, he's been injured, but uh, he's a really good player. I'm telling you, they, they, I love this Gonzaga team. That's a good call. Tilly only shooting thirty percent. That's in eight games. No, I mean- Hachimura. Forty five percent from D- I like him as an NBA he, prospect. He's, he's going to be top ten pick. Oh yeah, I love him. I mean, I'm how how fan. often does Gonzaga Brandon have Clark, top ten kids? Yeah, jumping jack Zach Norvell kid out of Chicago. I like this team a lot. I like that bet. And what's the other one? Another one that I
2: have. and I know a lot of people won't like it because they were the first ever one seed to lose to a sixteen. Mm. Is Virginia and their only loss is at Duke by two points. They play again this Saturday for all you guys that want to bet the big games. That's oh, gonna, what's the line on? Have we seen a line? I haven't. The line will probably come out
0: t- late tomorrow. I'm assuming. Does Ken Palm have... Ken Palm has a line. By the way, I I highly recommend Ken Palm. That's another site. So he essentially does score predictions for each game. And it's not him doing the predictions. It's a math model. And sometimes it feels like Vegas is looking at him. Because uh, if you look at the line and then you look at Ken Palm, you're like, these are identical. For like seven games on the day. Uh, Let's see what Virginia do. Virginia's one in Ken Palm. Duke is two. Ken Palm has it... Wow. Virginia... 70-66 to so uh, maybe a little payback they only lost by 2 in Durham but uh, hmm yeah you can
2: get Virginia right now at plus 800 which is pretty good because you know I mean they run a different I know if you don't watch a ton of college basketball and you're looking on someone to bet in going into the tournament hello (laughs) <laughs> Virginia's great because they just they play just defensive basketball. And as a Wisconsin fan, it kind of resonates with me, but they can take a team like Duke and they can slow them down to a molasses pace and then just make mm-hmm. them grind out possessions. That's why Virginia is consistently in the top
0: five. And then a lot of the people who don't watch college hoops, well, they lost last year to UMB. They can't it can't be good. Yeah. I'm going to fade them and I think this is the year probably the value was on them. They got two guys who could be drafted this year. Uh, definitely one first rounder. We'll see about the other second rounders. So I actually gave out Virginia Tech plus 6,500. Unlock it in. And you're thinking, Virginia, they never win anything. This is as good of a team as they've had. Now they do have an injury to Justin Robinson, their uh, one of their lead guards. Broken toe. He should be back the first week in March. I believe they play Duke and Virginia at home later in the season. Once they win one or both of those games, again, they're very good at home. I know they lost to Louisville. They didn't have Robinson. They're going to send notice to people that, hey, we are a sleeper Final Four team. There's no history there. I get it. But they have a great coach, Buzz, one of the best in the country, big fan of his work. I like the Hokies as a long shot to win it all uh, any parting shots
1: any final words here Mr. Lynch Sean Miller what are you doing that's, oh, all, that's geez, all I yeah.
0: am Arizona Wildcats okay uh, well, I'm not going to even respond to that but uh, as always for Andrew Lynch I'm Jason McIntyre remember subscribe rate review we will be back next week thanks for listening have a good weekend